Good morning, everyone. Hey, I love coming to the fall retreat, and I love that I get, it it is a privilege for me, I'm honored that I get to be the speaker for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So last night we talked about spiritual tests that we are all going to go through. And we looked specifically at David and how he responded to those tests as he experienced them. So I want to encourage you, you have your, your notebook, you have that with these notes in it. Take time to go back maybe this afternoon and read back through your notes from last night Read through your notes from tonight because they will collectively help you. So last night we talked about spiritual tests. Today, this morning, we're going to talk about some important questions and questions that you need to address, that you need to deal with in life. And I'll tell you that the key to an effective life is perspective. It's having the right perspective and it's living the right perspective in life. So having the right perspective is like having the right focus. You need to be able to visually have the right focus so that you could see things clearly. And one of the things about life is, is that life comes at you fast. So you really do need to have some things set in place. You need to have some questions answered before life hits you like a truck. And it's about perspective. It's about focus so that you could... See clearly so that when life's coming at you, you can see it and respond rightly because it does come at you fast. What I'm talking about, it's somewhat like a laser. The more that light is focused, the more power it has, the more clarity it has, the more effectiveness it has. And our lives are like that. The more your life is focused, the more power and effective you are going to be. So you want to have that. You want to be able to see what is the most important and how should I address it in this moment? How should I deal with life that's going on right now in front of me in this moment? Because that will have a great deal of what's going to happen in your future. These questions are very significant to me. And what I'm wanting for you is to listen, to focus to pay attention so that you would take your life and be taking it in the right direction. Wrong answers to these questions, wrong choices will lead you in the wrong direction. And we don't want that because all that does is compound how much it takes to get back on the right track. There's always the ability to get back on the right track whenever you're off, but it's better if you don't get off. You just stay on the track. You keep moving forward. Because when your life gets off into that wrong direction, what happens is is you begin to feel overloaded in life. You begin to feel stressed. You begin to feel worn out, burdened. And along with that comes, comes a frustration and this nagging frustration about you. And if you don't have the right clarity, you don't even know where to put that frustration. Sometimes people in the midst of that blame God as if God did something that is now causing them to be frustrated. Or God didn't do something, and that not happening is causing them to be frustrated. So we really need to think about these questions. The key to really experiencing life, to really experiencing in a joyful, meaningful way, it's perspective. It's a, a, a phrase, it's, it's getting your head screwed on straight. That's what we need. 
So this first verse on your outline, it's a prayer. And it is my prayer for you right now. He says, I ask God to make your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is God is calling you to do. Today, we're going to look at clearing up some of those really big issues in life. And in doing it, my hope is that we, we do a little tweak on our perspective. We do a little adjustment so that we could see clearly what's in front of us. Ephesians 5.17 says, Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to find out and do whatever the Lord wants you to do. It's another way of saying don't waste your life. Don't use your life up on things that don't matter. Use your life in the right direction. Make your life count. So how do you do that? How do you live thoughtfully? How do you live wisely? The key to that is to ask the right questions and answer those questions rightly. So today, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we're going to walk through them, and my hope is that we could clear up in our mind how we are going to live life. Because these three questions address life, and address life in such a way that could become significant and and meaningful for, for us personally and for the people that we relate to. So three big questions. These three big questions, you could use them to navigate your life, to navigate your college experience, to navigate the next years after your college experience. Because what you do now during your college experience will have a great impact on what the next season is going to be. So you could look at college as a season of life. And you want to do the very best you can with this season, not just for this season, but because this season dictates the next season. And that season dictates the next. The next. So first big question is, what will be the center of my life? In other words, who am I going to live for? What am I going to live for? So that's the starting point. And you have options You have all kinds of options. Just like each semester, uh, you have to dial in and register for your classes. And the sooner you do that, the more options you have. The longer you wait, those options get narrower and narrower. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about. The options you have is, see, what's going to be the center of your life? You could make the center of your life your future career and how you're going about attaining that. You could center your life around sports. You could center your life around hobbies. You could center your life around having fun. You could center your life around dating. You could center your life around your hopes of getting married. All of those things are okay things, but not at the center of your life. But they're all okay. The problem is, is that when we make any one of those things the center of our life, because none of those are strong enough to hold our life together when life is coming at us quickly, when life hits us. If our life is based on any of those things, there's a really good probability that we're going to have a crash and burn. We're going to crumble in the moment because they're just simply not strong enough. They're not solid enough. They're not secure enough. You need something at the center of your life that is absolutely unchanging. It is absolutely secure. It is absolutely solid. You can base your life on it. You could live your life on it. And if you do, 
your life will go well. If you base your life and put any of those others at the center, you're just going to have crash after crash, emotional burnout, and all sorts of things are going to come because of that. Because you need something that can withstand all of the pressures of life. So you need to have something at the very center of your life that can handle that. In Luke chapter 14, says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me but loves his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, or sisters, even life more than me, he cannot be my follower. That is a perspectives comment. He's trying to change their perspective. He's trying to make an adjustment that says, If you have any of those at the center of your life, rather than me, your life is not in the right focus. It's not in the right place. What what he means here is that these people, your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers, your sisters, what he's saying is, I'm not talking about how much you love them. I'm talking about how much you love me. And how much you love them in comparison to me. How much do you love God? Because what people do is sometimes people think, I'm going to base my love for God on my family experience. On my friendship experience. On my relational experience. And so they're basing their love for God on their love for people. And that's backwards. That won't stand the pressures you're going to have to face in life. You need to turn that around. And that's what Jesus is saying is base your love for the people in your life on your love for God. Therefore, God can give you a greater love to love them even more than what you do right now. The love that you have for them doesn't diminish. It increases. It becomes more significant because You have it in the right perspective. You build your love for others on your love for God, and that will make your life solid. It'll make your relationships solid. So the Bible says, don't make anyone other than God, other than Jesus Christ, the center of your life. When you become a Christian, a believer, you become a follower of Jesus, Jesus becomes the center of your life. But... He only stays at the center as you intentionally keep him there. It's much like one of those games where you have the the steel marble and it's rolling and you're trying to navigate it around the course and not let it fall into a hole and you're trying to keep it in the right place. That's what navigating life is like. You have to very intentionally keep Jesus Christ in the center on the line. And if you lose your focus, you lose your attention, instantly he's no longer in the center. But it's not that he moved off, it's that you didn't intentionally keep him there. Second Corinthians 5 says, Christ's love has the first and last word in everything we do. Our firm decision is to work from this focused center. We all need to make a choice. We all need to decide who has the first word in my life. When I make a decision, who am I going to go to first? 
And who am I going to go to last? That is perspective. That is importance. Who has the first and last word in everything we do? We need to be able to say, Jesus Christ and his love in my life, he has the first and the last word. Therefore, I base my life on him, on what he says, on what he does. Our firm decision is to work from this focused center. See, a lot of people imagine their life as a pie with different pieces representing different segments of life. And so you could, you could do that. You could think, you know, my friendships are one of these slices. My roommates are one of the slices. My classes are one of these slices. My family back home is one of these slices. That I have to work during college is one of these slices of my life. Sexuality, it's one of those slices of life. My social life segment, all of these we can picture as a piece of the pie. So some people then also take one of those pieces of the pie and say, yeah, I've got my God slice. I've got my Jesus slice of the pie. See how significant that is in my life? He's a part of the most important elements of my life. He's one of them. That is a recipe for a pie that will fail you. It won't have the, the meaning. It won't have the, the taste that it needs to be because Jesus never intended to be a slice of your pie. Jesus is actually the filling of the entire pie. He fills your pie with himself, with his Holy Spirit, and that gives this flavor and meaning to every segment. So you can't separate Jesus and say, this is my God slice. This is what I do on Tuesday nights. This is what I do on Thursday night. This is what I do on Sunday morning. That's my Jesus slice. He has to become the filling of your entire life. And if you make him the filling, he gives flavor and meaning to every slice. So those slices, those couple of slices of your life that really aren't going that well right now, Maybe it's your family relationships. Maybe it's your roommate relationships. Put Jesus at the center of your life. Go back to that verse. Christ's love has the first and last word in everything we do. Our firm decision is to work from this focused center. When you do that, he gives flavor and meaning to every slice. So what is going to be the center of your life? I, I see two main options for you. Am I going to live a life that is self-centered or God-centered? Those are your options. You'll choose one or the other. And sometimes you'll fluctuate because of your weak character or your weak morals. You'll put yourself back at the center and you'll have another crash. You'll get burned and then you'll come back to thinking, oh, I know where I went wrong. I didn't have God at the center of my life with that decision. Our focused decision is to work from that focused center of Christ at the center of my life. So my question for you that I want you to write down, ponder throughout the day. Will I live a self-centered life or a God-centered life? The second important question 
is what kind of person am I going to be? The Bible is very clear that that God has plans for our lives. He has plans. And after we have made him the center of our life, he begins to then give us direction. He begins to navigate the course of our life. And one of the things that he's navigating is this question, what kind of person am I now going to be because I have committed my life to Christ? Romans 8, 29 says, for from the very beginning, God decided that those who came to him should become like his son. Now, most of you, and this is just, this is just one of those generalized statements because I don't actually know. I'm confident that most of you have accepted Jesus Christ. You've become a follower of God. You are a Christian, and now you're moving forward and trying to navigate this new life. And I'm confident that there are a few people in the room who haven't yet made that choice. But you come to the fall retreat and you're thinking about it. You're pondering it. You've been connecting with challenge for weeks or for the last month. And what I'm telling you is, is that you're at the right place. If you have committed your life to Christ, then let's move forward and figure out what kind of person you're going to be. If you haven't yet committed your life to Christ, then you need to figure that out so that you could move forward and become the person that God wants you to be. So what this does is the idea here is that God wants me to be like his son. He wants me to be like him in character. He wants me to be like him in values. We already talked about how he wants me to be like him in perspective. Philippians chapter 2 says, In your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. That's what becoming a Christian does for you. You are now challenged, you are tasked with thinking and acting like Christ Jesus. And that's not something that you can do on your own, it's not something that you can do by yourself, it's not something that you could do in the mountains, on a retreat, I'm going to go off by myself and sit up on a rock behind the beautiful trees, and I'm going to connect with God, and I'm going to become the person he wants me to be. That could be a meaningful experience, but if you don't take God's word with you, and while you're pondering in that beautiful setting, you need to be pondering God's word. Not just your thoughts, not just your emotions. You need to take God's word because without the Bible, you cannot think like Jesus Christ. You cannot act like Jesus Christ because you don't know how he thinks and acts apart from the Bible. You have to have God's word coming into your life. So what is happening here is that God wants to help me become like Jesus Christ. He wants me to grow in the character of his son. And every situation that comes into your life, good or bad, can be used to develop your character, to develop your values. So he wants to develop the kind of character that is talked about in 2 Peter 1.5. Don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given complimenting your basic faith with good character. 
You see, you have been given a tremendous gift by being a part of Christian Challenge. Weekly, there are multiple experiences that are very specifically planned for you. And if you would choose to be a part of them, they will all help you grow in the character of Jesus Christ. They will help you become what this verse is saying. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. Complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love. Those things become the outcomes of your life as you are intentional with the opportunities that are in front of you. The opportunities that are moving you towards becoming like Christ in character. So God is working on you. God is working on me so that you and I would become like his son Jesus. There's a wonderful description of what Jesus is like in his character in Galatians 5. It talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of God and God's power and God's character and how he wants to grow that in us. And it's a description of what Jesus is like. And it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the qualities that we need to have and we need to be increasing in those qualities. We need to be increasing in goodness. We need to be increasing in love. We need to be increasing in self-control. And as we are, we're becoming more like Christ. See, it, it is tough to develop good character. It's actually work. It won't come to you as you just cruise through life, as you read a verse here and there, as you have a soap. It takes effort. It takes being intentional. See, that first question, it is easy. It takes no effort at all to be self-centered. You are naturally self-centered. You're already there. What you have to do is to work yourself to become God-centered. You make a choice, and then you work that choice out. It's easier, for example, here, to be focused on comfort rather than character. That's easy. It just flows out of me. So what kind of life am I going to live? Two main options. Am I going to live for comfort, or am I going to live for character? It's a choice that we have to make, and we have to make it all of the time. The choice is, am I going to be focused on my personal comfort? Am I going to make my decisions based on what I want for me? Am I going to make my decisions based on what I really want for other people? See, that's a Christ-centered value, putting other people before me. So you, make, you, you get this choice question constantly in everything you do. There's the opportunity to be self-centered or God-centered. There's the opportunity to be comfort or to be of character. You'll have it this weekend, today. You'll probably face this question, am I going to go for comfort or character a dozen times today, before dinner? So this is a big question. What do I care about more, comfort or character? Third question that will shape your life is, what am I going to do with my life? In other words, another way to think of this is that the reality that 
when I committed my life to Christ, God gave me gifts. He gave me abilities. He gave me talents. So am I going to use who God has made me to be to benefit myself, self-centered, or am I going to use it to help other people, which is God-centered, others-centered? 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you some special abilities. So again, if you have committed your life to Christ, God has given you some special abilities. If you haven't yet committed your life to Christ, God will give you some special abilities when you do. It's what he does to help you, to strengthen you, and to make your life in such a way that you could bless other people, benefit other people. So God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. Passing on to others, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. That's beautiful. Ephesians 2:10, it is God himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ago he planned that we should spend our these lives in helping others. We were meant to help others. We find the greatest joy after you commit your life to Christ, you find the greatest joy in helping other people. Before you committed your life to Christ when you help someone, you find joy in it. It's like, man, I love helping people. That makes me feel good. That's how I was before I committed my life to Christ. I loved doing things for other people. But I was still self-centered. I still even did some of that for me. But after I committed my life to Christ, after you commit your life to Christ, when you help somebody, the value that you experience in life, you get this joy from benefiting someone else. You experience life from a different level. See, we were meant to help each other. God wired you so that you could make a difference in a few people's lives in the world around you. You. He wired you to do that. He uniquely shaped you. He has been shaping you with experiences, with your personality, with your heart, And after you commit your life to Christ with your abilities, he is shaping you to bless other people. So you should ask yourself, based on how God wired me, what am I going to do with my life? How could I make a difference? That's this third question. What am I going to do with my life? What what are you going to do with what God gave you? What will you do with your life, your talents, your abilities? What will you do with the life that God gives you? Will you use that life to bless other people? To bring other people into an understanding of who Jesus is? To help them become fully devoted followers of God? What are you going to do? This third question is really about a third decision. Again, you have two main options here. Am I going to focus my life on getting or on giving? That's really the options. Jesus said, I came to serve and to give my life away. Jesus did not come to be served. He was very clear. I am not here as the son of God, as the king of kings, 
as the ruler over this entire universe, I am not here so that you could serve me. I'm here so that I could serve you. I'm here so that I could give my life to you. So we as a follower, as with Christ in our life, we want to be like him. This statement articulates this perspective. He came to serve. I need to serve. He came to give. I need to give. And when I do that, I experience the best life possible for me. But I have to keep the perspective. I'm doing this for you, not for me. If I'm going to be like Jesus, I have to adopt his attitude of serving and giving my life for others. That's significant. See, one option is, I'm going to live my life for me. I'm going to be self-centered. I'm going to be comfort-focused. I'm going to be after what I could get. I'm going to get as much as I can in life. And I'm going to take all that I could get, and I'm going to store it away for me so that I could have all of the things that I want in life. And I want a couple years from now, I want to buy a new truck. A couple years from now, I want to buy a boat. A couple of years from now, I want to do this. I want to do that. See, that's an I problem. I don't have the right focus. I need to change my focus. I need to live myself, instead of just going after what I can get, I need to be asking, how can my life benefit others so that their life is better? How could I do that? How could God use me to make the life of someone else better? So I'm giving you three questions this morning. Each question has two main options. First question, what will be the center of my life? Will I live for God or will I live for myself? Second question, what kind of person am I going to be? Am I going to try to live life as easily as possible, as comfortably as possible, or am I going to work on building my character, building the who I am? What am I going to do? What am I going to do with my life? Is my goal to get or to give? See, the problem is, We spend so much of our lives, you have already spent so much of your life living with the wrong perspective. Because really, from the time you're born, in that moment, life was focused on you. You were the center of attention. And depending on how your parents did life, you stayed at the center of their life. You have grown up being the center of your world. And now you're at a season of life where that is being challenged. That is being questioned. And the question is, am I going to continue to live my life in such a way that I am the center of my life? Or am I going to make this cultural shift, this perspectives change? Am I going to let my paradigm of life be changed so that I could be God-centered? rather than self-centered, so that I could live for character. And I have to work for it. If not, I just drift right into wanting comfort. Am I going to live my life in such a way that it actually blesses other people, or am I just going to live for me, get what I can get 
out of life. If you choose to go God's way and you choose to live the life of God-centeredness, character, and giving your life away, God will bless you. To be blessed, the word blessed means happy. You want to be happy? God can make you happy as you make the right choices, as you answer these questions in the right direction, and as you choose to live in that right direction. If you don't, you're going to end up wasting, wasting away your life, wasting away your energy, wasting away your being, because you're going to give it all to yourself and not to other people. And you are not going to become a person that anybody wants to spend time with. The more self-centered, just think of the self-centered people you know. The other self-centered students on campus, the self-centered relatives. You don't really want to be like them. But the only way to change that direction for you is significant, specific choices. I'm going to live for God, not for myself. I'm going to live for character. I'm going to work on building this kind of character where, where I'm increasing in, in love and joy and peace and goodness and kindness and gentleness and self-control. That describes the person I want to hang out with. And that is fun. And we could share amazing fun stories of life in that arena. So I'm encouraging you. I'm Christian challenging you. <laughs> Choose rightly and live rightly. Let's pray. Father, I'm grateful. Grateful for how you have given us your word. And I am grateful for the men and women in this room right now that are choosing to follow you. Choosing to commit their lives to you right here, right now. Choosing to be men and women of character, choosing to be men and women who say, I put God first. God is the center of my life, and I'm going to live my life by giving it away. Father, I know that as we make the right choices, you bless us, you promise, you bless us, you give us life. Even when we don't understand it or see how it's going to pan out, it does, because you make it so. I pray that we would all put our whole heart in your hands. I pray that we would rely on you, trust in you, cling to you. Pray for that in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.